message. I don't know, I say this every week, but I'm going to tell you what. This message has just been turning in my heart all week, and I'm going to do my very best to get out of the way and let God tell you what he wants to share with you today. So today I want to ask you, starting off, how many people celebrated a nice 4th of July? One of you, two of you, three of you, a lot of us did, right? How many, how many people did a little barbecuing, cooking out? Man, how many people are awake? Good, there we go, okay, because I'm used to all like, wow, well, I'm going to tell you what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get fired up for, the, for all of us. I'm going to be the spark plug, and then we're going to go from there. So I was just thinking about as we, I took a few days off, how many can say amen to that? Y'all have been telling me, take a little time off, take a little time off, and I did, and it was good. I need to listen to y'all more often. That was really nice to take a little break and enjoy my family and, and do a few things and even to, to get to spend some more time with my church family. But I want to talk today about freedom but we're going to start out by where we start out being shackled to our sin now the good news is just walk with me we're going to get through the good part but we got to understand where we are so as we look through things and and, and, I, and like i said when i was just sitting about thinking about the freedom that we have in our country i started thinking about what it cost the sacrifice of freedom and then i thought about wow how amazing is this that that we reflect on our spiritual freedom and what we have in christ but, you know, with the beauty of that blessing, I realize that there's, there's a lot of sacrifice, great sacrifice, and that's what Jesus did for us. And so as we start today, i got a lot of ground to cover, and we're really going to take, I'm going to crunch down the first three chapters of Romans, and then we're going to go from there. So I'm going to give you all a crash course on that. But I tell you what, it's so awesome. Uh, I love the book of Romans as well, and it really, it really gives us a great foundation. And what Paul does, he really sets the stage almost as a courtroom setting and starts talking about what we have in Christ and where we are without Christ. I think we're in crisis, amen? And, and he's going to walk us through that. So I'm going to do my best to kind of Crunch that down. I want to encourage you guys, if you wanted some reading this week, go through the book of Romans and, and, and spend some time with that because that's always a good read and always great things for the Lord to show us. But as we look at this, Paul really starts taking off from, from this standpoint. He's talking to the religious leaders, right, the Pharisees, and he's talking to the, the Gentiles, the everyday Joe Blow sinners, right? Can we identify with them? Right. And so he's talking to everybody and he comes in and he sets this whole thing up like a courtroom setting. Just imagine yourself in a court. How many people have been to court? You can just raise your hand like this. If you've been more than once, where is it like this? I'm just teasing. Yeah, I got a foot in there, too. But let's think about when you're in that courtroom setting. Guess what? We, we get a little nervous, don't we? Don't we get a little nervous? He actually I won't say argument, but this whole sermon around what we will be dealing with one day when we come to judgment day. And so I want to, and, and this is what I tell you all many times. I never tell anybody anything to scare them. I always want to tell you things to prepare you. That's my job. That's my call. That's my heart. Because I tell you what, you'd like to know what's going on in the world, right? We want to know this time right here is pretty short. But also, guess what? Eternity is a long time. And we want to make sure that we know where we're going. I say this often. I say we might not know when we're going, but we can know where we're going. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So if you got your Bibles, I don't have all the verses up here. I'm going to kind of break it out a little bit in chapter one, and then we're going to roll all the way to chapter three. Everybody good with that? Say amen. So Paul starts out really in chapter one. He says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel uh, of Christ, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For the gospel, the, for, the, for in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith 
from first to last. Just as it's written, the righteous will live by faith. See, the gospel is all about getting right with God. Getting right with God. If you're right with God this morning, let me hear you say amen. If not, say oh me. Because we got an opportunity to get right with him today. And so as we look through that, righteousness is the only ticket to get to heaven. I want you to hear that. Righteousness is the only ticket to get to heaven. And our righteousness is imputed to us through a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And he takes time to kind of walk us through there and, and, and just really unpacks a few things. And he starts talking about judgment day. Right? And when we talk about that, there's a point that a man or woman wants to die, then the judgment. Now, I want to tell you some good news, and I want to tell you some news that, that could make us very concerned. On judgment day, if you're a believer, it will not be about your sins. Your sins are separated as far as the east is from the west. The blood of Christ has taken care of that, right? But also, we're responsible for getting the word of God out. How we live in our life. It's not a, a heaven thing. It's a rewards thing, Okay? You can't work your way to heaven. It's by grace you say through faith. Not that of yourself. It's a gift to God. But I said, I think I said it last week. God didn't just save us to sit on the sidelines. God saved us so he would use our life, the church, so other people know about Jesus. Let me ask you a question. Don't have to raise your hand. Have you been sharing your faith? Have you been sharing your faith? Now, a lot of times people get confused with that. They say, well, what does that mean? You know, does that mean you get out and you preach the gospel to everyone? Well, you know what? You can preach the gospel in your actions, can't you? You can preach the gospel in, in your listening. You can preach the gospel in many ways. But the truth of the matter is, no one's going to heaven unless they have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You say, boy, that's kind of narrow. I'm telling you what God says. You can take it up with him. But I'm going to tell you what. Aren't you glad that it's only one way? Because I say this often. If it was more than one way, I'd probably mess it up. It's his way. It's through Christ plus nothing. So as we go through a little bit, we roll on into chapter 2, right? I'm, I'm moving along. So, so he lays it out there, tells us what, we, what the deal is, that you know what? He actually even talks, and he's talking to the, the, the religious leaders, the Jews who have been trusted with the very oracles or the word of God. And, and they say, well, hey, you know, look at us. We, we've got the word of God. But the same word of God, the law that they had, actually showed them something. It showed them that they needed a Savior. See, in Psalm 19, 7, it says, The law of the Lord is perfect in converting the soul. What does that mean? That the Ten Commandments were used to show us our need for a Savior. Jesus said, if you break one, you break them all. You know, I, I love sharing my faith, and, and a lot of times it, it doesn't have to be hard. You know, I ask people all the time. I don't care if I'm in a drive-thru or where we're at or whatever the case may be. And I say, hey, if you die today, do you know for sure you're going to heaven? And a lot of times people say, well, I hope so. Maybe so. I think so. And I said, why is that? And they say, well, I'm a pretty nice person. I'm a pretty good guy. You know, I'm a pretty good guy. But what happens is good guys, there's a lot of good guys and good women in our standards that are probably going to hell. All right. Because the reason is it's not you can't be good enough. I can't be good enough. It took the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. It took what Jesus did to pay our sin debt in full. So that's why I get excited about telling people about Jesus because he's the only way to heaven, right? He didn't say I am a way. He says I am the way, the truth, the life. So he goes on and then the, the Gentiles start talking to him and they said, well, you know, hey, how can we really trust what you're saying if these guys got the law over here and they're supposed to be representing God? How can I trust what you're saying? And he says, hey, look, God's not a man that he can lie. You keep your eyes on the Lord. 
I'll tell you what, I want to tell you all something very serious. Not proud of this, but I'm going to tell you something. I want to do my best to point to Jesus. But I'm going to tell you the truth. I will let you down. I don't want to. I'm a man. So I'm pointing to Jesus. Never follow a man or a woman. You follow the Lord. Amen. That's some good news. And that's my prayer. And I want to do my very best. So y'all pray for your past. Because I want to point people to Jesus. I want people to know the Lord. How about you? So as we go through this, he rolls into chapter 2. And he starts talking about God's righteous judgment. He even speaks to the religious leaders, like I said. And, and they're saying, hey, we've, we've got, we know. We know what the deal is. And we're going to see what happens a lot of times. Religion won't get you saved. It won't keep you out of hell, right? What it actually does is it starts building pride in your life. Guess what? They said pride goes before a fall. Don't be proud. Be humble. I also learned this. Humble doesn't mean being weak. It means aligning our life with God and putting him in the proper place. So as we go through here, we got a lot to cover. I just want to kind of set the backstory, And now I'm going to roll on in and share what we got on our screen here. And this is Romans. This is where I really wanted to start at, but I had to give you a little backstory. If you got your Bibles now, we're going to be in kind of Romans chapter 3 a little bit. And it starts out like this. Uh, Romans uh, 3.22, in his righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. I want you to kind of roll on into verse 23, and it says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Anybody encouraged yet this morning? <laughs> I'm just telling you, all have fallen short. That means we've all missed the mark. Why do we sin? Because we were born into it. Because of the fall of Adam, sin was imputed to us. But because of the perfection of Christ, when we put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and the death, burial, and the resurrection, we now have his righteousness imputed to us by faith. That's the redemption of Christ. That's why I get excited. That's why people say, buddy, you think you're going to heaven? I go, yeah. They go, why? Because you're preaching? No. Because you're a nice guy? No. Because you do everything right? <laughs> Ask my wife. No. Y'all are supposed to laugh there and help me out. But that's the deal. I mean, because you know what? It's not our good works. Because all that falls short of the glory of God. All of us need the Savior and his name is Jesus. See, this right here message, this right message that we got here today, this is not something that you've never heard. It's something that we always need to hear. This is something that I deal with people on the phone and talk to people at my work and, and people on the street all the time. And I talk to them about Jesus and they go, well, I don't know. Maybe I hope so. Maybe. No, you can know so. I want us to be a know-so church. I want us to be secure in Christ. I want us to understand it is all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And you know what? A free gift to everybody that calls upon the name of the Lord. That's huge. Salvation is big. Are you willing to receive it? So let's keep on going with So we start out, do we realize that we're shackled by sin? Again, our verse. For all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. So let's start there a little bit. The Bible's clear that all of us have sinned. You know what I found out this week? I won't say I found it out this week. I found it out more and more this week. There are people that love to quote the Bible. Did you know that? Just the parts that they like. 
Huh? Come on now. Just the parts that they like. They, they just like taking a little piece here and a little piece there and add this on top. But guess what? It is not a smorgasbord Bible, baby. It's the full word of God. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. So look at this as we go through here. I, I keep looking around and I say, man, Lord, show me how you want to get this point across. And, I, and, I, and as I was writing my notes, I said, you know what? Lord, I think all of us at times realize that we're just stuck in our sin. If not, we need to understand that. We need to understand that we're stuck in our sin. Me and Brian was talking the other day, and we were just talking about just what God's done and everything else. I said, have you ever noticed we never gravitate to the sin we don't like? We gravitate to the sin we do like. You say, what is he talking about? Whatever that thing is that you just keep doing over and over, and you say, Lord, forgive me, Lord, forgive me, Lord, forgive me. You know what? The Lord is just to forgive. But you know what? I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit working in us to transform our life, to move us from that stuck place into the flow of what God's got for each and every one of us. And what he has for each and every one of us is forgiveness and grace and mercy. Amen? And that's what I want you to hear about today. But look what else happens. Man, the devil wants to get us on the ropes and the chains, right? That's what the enemy does. He wants to shackle you to the past. What happens when you start getting depressed? You start thinking about what you could have had, what you should have done, what you should have said, where you should have been. Am I close yet? Woulda, shoulda, coulda. All those things. Wish I'd have just said this one more time. Wish I'd just done this one time. Wish I didn't do that one. You know what I've been doing? I've been trying not to deal with that. I've been trying to tell people that I care about them. Then. I've been praying for people when they ask, when they need it. Now, oh yeah, I'll get back with you. I'll pray for you. No, let's pray about it right now. Let's do it right now. Because I'm going to tell you what, as we all know sitting here, things can change in an instant. Now, that doesn't always mean it's got to be a bad thing, but things can change in an instant. The good news is, you ready for this? Your spiritual destination could change in an instant because if you don't know Jesus and you're shackled to the sin, you can know Jesus, turn from your sin, call on Jesus, and you have a new destination in heaven. Somebody say amen. I got to get somebody beat on a Bible or something like that. This is good stuff. All right? Let's get excited about it, man. So look at this. What will keep you stuck in a rut? The news, sometimes your company. I'll tell you what, you have to watch the company you keep. Now, I want to tell you this real quick. I don't think you just need to hang out with church folks all the time. Just saying. I think that's good. But he wants us to go into the highways. and I go anywhere I can talk about Jesus. doesn't matter. I don't, it doesn't matter. Because you know what? Somebody came outside the church to tell me about Jesus. I was not banging on the door. I wasn't looking through my Bible on my own. I was just doing my own thing. But somebody decided that they would take God at his word and take the word of God and get outside of the church building. Come on. And tell me about Jesus. Change my life. Still changing my life. Still transforming my life. I can't get enough of it. Right? I have never been so alive in my life when I found Jesus. Because he already knew where I was. And he was waiting patiently and showing grace and showing mercy. Isn't it amazing when you go back, and I'll tell you what, I'm 54 now, and, and I can tell you what, you can reel back 30 years like it ain't nothing. Oh, you remember such and such? Me and Brian got something to eat. You remember such and such? I was like, that was 30 years ago. 
Don't feel like it, does it? Until you get up and try to do what you did 30 years ago. <laughs> I got to tell you, Denise was working out yesterday. She said, well, you, you, you want to do some stretches and stuff? I said, no. You wanna do? I said, I could do that. She said, well, come on, do that. <laughs> I'm lucky to be walking today. We started out easy like this. And then we did a couple of these. And then a couple of these. And a couple of that. And I'm thinking, I kept saying this. How many more? But she wouldn't tell me how many more. And I got to thinking about this. Because I'm thinking about a sermon all the time. How many more days do we have? How many more times do we got to say, I'm sorry, or I love you, forgive me, whatever? How many more times? Because there's going to be one time it comes, and that's the last time. Things change so fast. But the good news is you can know today you don't have to be tied and shackled to your sin and all those things in the past. See, really what I'm talking about on this slide is the past. And we're going to roll to our present in Jesus. Amen? Look at this. What else will keep you shackled? How about this? How about fear? I've heard this preached before, false evidence appearing real. Fear. Oh, I don't know if we're going to be able to make it. I don't know if we're going to be able to pay the bills. I don't know if little Johnny's going to pass the third grade. I changed his name from Buddy to Johnny, just in case you wonder. Oh, man. I'm going to tell you what. How many people enjoyed school? I got four. <laughs> hey, school's great. But I'm going to tell you what. I did not enjoy school too much because I was in fear. See, me and my sister, there was a big age difference. So the time I was learning all the songs and stuff that she knew, they had new songs. They had, new different, they had different things. But my buddy, they had the family like stair steppers. So his sister was only like a year or two older. So he had the inside scoop. And I felt like, man, I am in another planet. I remember. How many of y'all remember when you only had a half a day kindergarten? Pray for the teachers. They got them all day now, right? Just saying. Got there. Got out that bus stop with my banana split lunchbox and my PB&J. I'm ready. That's it. You got on there, and people were crazy on that bus. They were crazy on that bus. I was just like, fear was setting in. And then we had to go by John B. Carey, and then we had to go to Merrimack, and they were busting people in. They had people I'd never seen, and people talking about stuff I'd never heard, and I was scared, right? You will pray, even at a young age, when you're scared, right? But I didn't even understand what was going on. I know that God was watching over my life even then, because God's got a grander plan on for your life and my life than we can ever think of. So you know what? Don't let fear shackle you. And you know what else the enemy likes to use? Doubt. Oh, man. You ever doubted yourself a little bit? Man. I can choose to doubt myself every time I come up here. Matter of fact, I do. But I don't doubt the Lord. I go, man, I got some notes and everything. I've been spending time with the Lord. But you know what? This is your show, Jesus. Did you hear what I prayed earlier? Lord, hide me and you go forward. I just want to be that vessel. I just want to be that vessel for the King of Kings, for my Savior, so people will know about my Savior. I want people to hear about the shackles that he'll break, the fear that he'll run off, and the doubt that you don't need to have anymore because he's faithful, right? Over and over.
You go, man, how am I going to make it through? And I said, you know what? I said, doubt is a sharp knife that Satan likes to use. He likes to wail that knife back and forth. And if you're not careful, you'll grab hold of it. You'll grab hold of it. Remember I said we got to watch our company? That's not that we're better than anybody. But I'm going to tell you what. It'll wear off on you. you ever, I, I remember years ago I was working with, with a particular guy. And he couldn't find nothing good to say about anybody or anything on the job. And I worked with the guy for a while, and I never thought nothing about it. Till my friends start saying, man, you're negative. Sometimes you need a good friend to tell you the truth, don't you? You just say, uh, what's going on? And I thought, oh, my goodness. I don't want to be that guy. That's not who God's called me to be. I understood that back then. I try to be uplifting. I try to be, you know, encouraging, especially now because I got the best message going. How about you guys? Got the best message in the world. Jesus is risen. But you know what? That doubt occurred coming on in. Look at this. I said, seeds of doubt produce a crop of despair, won't it? Just keep doubting. Well, I don't know. Maybe so. Maybe not. Maybe yes. Maybe no. How about if you just go in and settle this? Right here. Why don't you just settle this today that God's word is the inspired word of God. That's what it says it is. I'm going to take God at his word. I've been walking with him for over 20 some years and I've never found him to let me down. I have found that I have let him down and God is full of grace and mercy has raised me back up and put me back on my feet even when I didn't deserve it, didn't ask for it or anything else. God's faithful. Somebody say amen today because I don't know if y'all can relate to that, but I can relate to that. And boy, isn't it amazing how we love grace, but a lot of times we don't let it filter out to other people. Am I speaking to anybody? <coughs> what happens today if we showed people grace and mercy? What happens today if we would forgive people like God forgives us? What happens today if we had mercy that God pours out on us and it poured out of our life into other people's life? What would happen if you took a chance and stepped out by faith and shared Jesus with your family? How about that? How about with your neighbor? How about with the people at work? How about with your school? Man, what would happen? Anything God wanted to. You could be used in a mighty way. And let me tell you, I'm looking at many faces here that are used every day, and I am grateful for the prayers and the, and the calls and the encouragement because everybody needs a what? A cheerleader. I say it all the time. And I tell you what, I am so grateful for my church family. Look at this. Weed your garden of doubt with the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. When I'm talking about that, I'm talking about the garden of your heart. We can allow doubt to come on in. We can allow fear to come on in. We can allow pride to come in. All those things. But I want to tell you what, that's not what God wants. He wants love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Are we working with that? The fruit of the Spirit in us should be evident in our life as we're working and walking out what God's poured in us. Anybody excited about that today? You know what? Sometimes it's hard to be the light, isn't it? You think they're just snuffing you out, but you know what? It doesn't take much light and a lot of darkness. It really doesn't take a whole lot. I can't wait to get to the next slide. Everybody doing good? We're just getting warmed up, everybody. Here we go. So that's where we were. That was our past. I'm talking to believers now. And if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, come on, you're going to have an opportunity to call on the name of Jesus. Let's keep on rolling. Look at this. So we are freed by Christ. 
Now, I, I thought about this question over and over. Why does God save us by faith alone? You ever thought about that? Let's look at this. A couple of things you can write these down if you like to. Faith eliminates pride, doesn't it? Give you a little scripture with that. Proverbs 6, 18. Pride goes before destruction and a haunty spirit before a fall. See, pride is, 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 is not the calling card of Christ. It doesn't glorify God. It, tempts, it attempts to glorify us. Look what I did. Oh, look at me. Look at that. You know, I know people don't mean stuff by this. Sometimes they say, where's your church? I said, our church, as in God's church, is 402 with Creek Road. But the church really should be everywhere we go. We're supposed to be taking that with us. It's just a building. But you know what? Pride turns around and puts the focus on us. But you know what? Because of the way God set up this whole thing, it goes, all the praise goes to Jesus. Everybody doing good? Look at this. Faith exalts what God has done. Psalm 34, 3 says, Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. I don't know about y'all, but when I get to share about Jesus and the things that God's done in my life, I get excited. How about you guys? And God's glorified, and everybody knows the answer at the end of the story. How did it happen? Jesus, the grace of God. How in the world did that happen? How in the world? What, 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 what? And we go, Jesus. You think about things in your life. I've had people share stories with me that just, I just made the time to at the end of the story. I, I just want to shout because of what God's done. There's been time after time after time after time in my life that God has nudged me. And there's been time after time in my life that I ignored it. But the times that I have walked in to that spiritual nudge have been the greatest times in my life. The time when the Lord nudged me to go to the hospital and pray for somebody. Wow, wasn't that amazing? The time that the Lord told me that the check's coming when you don't have to worry about the bill, and it's there. The time that God says, I'm going to raise them up. I'm going to heal them. I'm going to deliver them. I've not forgot you. I've not forsaken you. Hey, I got this under control. God's got it. God's got it. Are you ready for a story, somebody? Well, let me tell you what. We went to Anderson's the other day. Anybody go to Anderson's? I'm so glad that I found out that they got a cafeteria there and you just don't have to look at flowers. I like flowers, but I got to eat. And they got a great place to eat there. And we go there from time to time and we've made friends with different people in different apartments. And a couple of months back, we were there and we saw a lady and it looked like she had a lot on her mind. And she, she didn't tell everything she, she had going on, but it was, I said, ma'am, I, I don't need to know all the nuts and bolts and stuff. But I said, would, would it be all right if me and my wife prayed for you? And we prayed for her, and she says, thank you. And I took one of our little God got it bracelets and gave it to her. I said, think about that. God's got it. I want you to look at that every now and then and remind yourself that, you know what, you're not in this thing alone. Well, we went yesterday. And we said, where's our friend? We didn't see our friend. All of a sudden, here comes our friend. Hey! Oh, yeah! I'm thinking, we better place our order now because she's got something to tell. She said, when you finish eating, I got to share what God has done in my life. Oh, man, I'm eating faster than normal because I want to hear about it. You know what? Had no idea that this lady had been in a situation and she had been renting part of a house from somebody for a while at a, at a real reduced rate. And it took about everything she had 
to make the payment on us, renting. And her friend says, I got to sell my place. She's like, oh my goodness, where am I going to go? What am I going to do? See, that's about the time we walked in a few months back. We didn't know all the deal, but God knew the deal, right? And she said, let me tell you, I began to pray, and I got to a point in my life where she said, Lord, you know what I got. You know what I don't got. You know what I need. I just need you to take care of this because there is no way that I can fix this. You ever been to that point in your life? There's just no way that you can fix it. There's no way that you can figure out the pieces of the puzzle. You've done manipulated the system. You've done pulled all the money. You've done all these different things. You've done called in all the favors. Now, we come to the realization that we need the Lord. And that's not saying we didn't need him before, but sometimes we forget about that. We, when we're doing good, right, we'll get back with you, Jesus. When we're doing bad, boy, we got a direct line, don't we? I'm just being honest, right? And she said she had been praying about it, and she talked to some folks, and somebody said, have you ever heard about this particular type of loan for folks that are in your situation right here? No. So she filled out the paperwork. Guess what? It's all through the government and everything else. Guess what happened? Government shuts down. Are they going to prove the loan or are they going to do this? I mean, it wasn't like it was a slam dunk. It was faith every step of the way. And she said, man, it got long. It got long and I didn't know what's happening. I got to be out of my house. I got to be out of my house. So then they came back and said, you know, we're going to prove you for that loan. Woo! She was happy. But there's more. She found a house. She was renting a room. God got her a house. She's closing on that house July the 12th. Now, let me tell you what. Everybody that comes through there that's willing to listen, she's going to tell them about her Jesus. She's going to tell them about that he's a provider. She's going to tell them about, look what God did for me. She was so quick to give God the praise. She was so quick to exalt God because she knew of the greatness of God. She knew of the power of God. She knew that that didn't happen on her own. It was only through the grace of God. And the power of God. Somebody give the Lord some praise, man. God is working all the time. So guess what? Through those situations, we can turn around and remember to tell people, hey, this is what happened. It wasn't, well, I guess I just lucked out. No. She had got to a point in her life that everything was stripped away. And she cried out to the Lord. And the Lord is and was faithful. And let me tell you what, I guarantee you, there were some times that she probably didn't know which end was what, which way. I guarantee you that there was some fear in there and some doubt in there and some unsettled time in there. But guess what? When we saw her and when God delivered her through and brought her through, it was a happy time. There was some joy in Jesus. And let me tell you what, I know that she's going to tell everybody to listen. And I know that she's going to exalt the Lord. Look at this. Faith admits, admits we can't measure up to God's standards. I love this verse right here. Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Man, man. That right there. I ain't much on a tattoo, but if I could, if I could get one, I'd probably put that on there. Right? The only problem is the way I'm aging, the way I'm gaining weight, it probably looked like a billboard by the end of the month. 
Maybe they, <laughs> they might not have that much ink. You got to laugh sometimes. You know what I mean? You got to laugh sometimes. But God demonstrates his own love. His own love. See, it always comes from him. It's his love. It's his sacrifice. It's his blood that was shed. It was his son that gave it his life. It was Jesus, his son, that rose from the grave and sits at the right-hand side of God that is interceding for us. Somebody say amen, man. This is real deal stuff. This is what God's done. But you know what? We got to admit that we can't measure up. I got people who like to fix it all the time. I'm going to fix it. I can fix it. Have you ever had something in your life that you couldn't fix? I got it all the time. All the time. I can't fix people I go visit in a hospital. But the Lord can hear our prayers. I can't fix everybody's financial situation. But God can work in that. But he just might choose you and me to bring them the good news. He just might choose you and me to turn around and remind them of the good news. But I'm going to tell you what. When you get your heart settled on that and realize it's all about Jesus, it's a freeing thing. Look at this because it comes back to the relationship. Faith is based on our relationship with God, not our performance for God. Somebody say amen. I love the scripture under here too. It says Romans 3.27. Can we boast then that we have done anything to be accepted by God? No, because our acquittal that means we've been set free. It's not based on obeying the law. It is based on faith. So we are made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. Remember where we started out in that courtroom? When we started out there? They thought, well, I'm going to keep the law. I'm going to do everything right. I'm going to get it right. I, it's about me. I can do it. Look at it. Look at it. Even when you start saying it, it means you start getting puffed up. I, I, I. Let me tell you, it's he, he, he. From the beginning to the finished work, it's Jesus. That's going to help somebody today. I'm going to tell you why. Because you know what? It was about you. You thought you had to do more. You thought you had to, to clean up. You thought you had to give more. You thought you had to do this. All you have to do is look up and give up. And what I mean by give up, give up trying to fix it yourself. You can't. What does it say? While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Man, realize that we were shackled, but we're set free by Christ. Everybody doing good so far? And I talked about this earlier, and I've shared this story many times. Lord, forgive me, but I'm going to share it again because I see some new faces. Anybody a jokester in here? Come on, y'all, help me out. I'm feeling kind of lonely. Yes, you should raise your hand. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't saying who it was, but yes, somebody just came clean over there. Thank you. Well, I wasn't by myself. Remember I said you got to watch your company, right? You got to watch what you're taking in. You got to watch what you're listening to. You got to watch who you're hanging out and everything else. That does not mean you just sit around and, you know, I can't go over here. But I tell you what, we should be the light. So years ago, I had worked with this guy a long time, and I started seeing a change in this fella. And the biggest change that I saw in this fella is, is that everything got negative, and everything was a problem, and nobody knew how to do it right, but this particular type of people, and this person here, and from this area, and all these different things. And then so we would be out there running some equipment, and we had a little radio, and he would run out there first to turn the radio on his station. Oh, man. I ain't never heard so much spewing negativity in my life. And at first, I realized, I'm just like, I'm just going to tune it out. 
and I'd listen to something else, and we're running equipment. It's kind of loud. I would even take off my earmuff sometime to listen to the pump run instead of that nonsense. But I'm like, I'm going to go with the flow. I was like, is there anything else we can listen? Oh, you don't want to listen to that? Well, truth hurts, don't it? <laughs> God's so good. Well, how many know phones, cell phones change a lot? I actually, during that time, I got a new cell phone that had an FM transmitter in it. Oh, we're getting ready to have some fun now. An FM transmitter means this. I can take what's on my phone and put it through the radio so you hear what I want you to hear. Whoo, thank you, Jesus. Oh, negative Ned would come in there and crank that thing up. Oh, yeah, you got to do this. And man, you know, nobody's no good and everything else. And I would click that thing on this radio station. And guess what? Oh, praise the Lord. Yes, indeed. I'm, we're gathered here today. I want to tell you about Jesus. He's over there smacking the radio. I said, what's going on, man? You don't want to hear the truth, baby? He didn't know it was me. I just clicked that thing over there. Oh, I loved it. A little bit. So it got better. Because when we went in the shop, he had a radio in there that he'd have all that negativity with too. So I would bring my phone in there and I'd set it on my desk and be feeding the, feeding the feed right through on his, his, his uh, desk radio. So everywhere he would go for six months, guess what? He was hearing about Jesus, man, everywhere. I said, man, it sounds like that guy right there has got a little change up in the schedule. He said, I don't know what's wrong with that radio. I think they're flying all the stuff over here today. He was bending more wire. He was putting the cellophane on stuff. He was trying to get back to that. And, but guess what? Jesus cut him off at the crossroad, and I loved every minute of it. And everybody knew but him. He couldn't, he couldn't, I can't believe that. He'd have that on me. And I'd let him go. I'd give him a couple songs. He'd be, yeah, yeah. We'd be working. We'd be clean. Yeah, yeah. And I'd click that button, right? Yeah, yeah. And today we're going to be turning to the book of Romans. Yes, you are saved by grace through faith, not that of yourself, but it is a gift to God. We ought to turn around and we ought to show forgiveness to one another. He's saying, what is wrong with that radio? I said, no, ain't nothing wrong with that radio. But see, you know what? Isn't it amazing how you don't even realize it? Now, I'd like to tell you he just got saved and jumped up and down and everything else. But I can tell you this, it put joy in my life. I can tell you that right there. Sometimes, you know what? It's just freeing to see how God would work things out. It's sometimes, it's just funny to see how things come around, isn't it? I will tell you this. They moved a guy out of my section, and he went to another section. And he began getting more negative and more negative and more negative. And time went by and he went out for a period of time. And then he had a few things going on in his life. And then he went out for a little bit more time. And they said, well, you know what? Uh, if he's not back by this time, this month, we're going to have to let him go. And everything else, guess what? They let him go. Now, I didn't hope that on him. I didn't wish that on him or anything else. But I'll tell you what happened. He turned around and he put... Everybody else that would have went to bat for him at arm length. And a lot of people don't forgive that fast. So when the time came, hey, uh, what about it? And everybody said, oh, really? Kept walking. Oh, really? Now, he wasn't in my section anymore. I said, what's going on with such? He says, oh, we let him go. Really? How about that? He said, why are you telling us all this? Because I'm going to tell you, negativity will breed negativity. And you keep spewing that venom out, spewing that venom out, spewing that venom out. Finally, somebody's going to take you at, at your word and say, you know what? We don't need that. We don't need that. 
But I'm going to tell you what. At the same time, we could be sharing about the freedom of Christ. There's peace in that. We're going to get to that in just a minute. There's peace in the power of that. You know, I, I love reading through the Word of God. I want to share a few things here. Do we ever realize, now this is where we're at as believers in Christ. When we've turned from our sin, put our faith and trust in the finished work of the cross, this is what God says. He says, your mind, you're set in the family. Your sin is separated as far as the east is from the west. Somebody say amen. That you know where your destination is. It is in, in, in heaven with the Lord. And let me tell you what, you don't have to wait to start reaping the benefits of that peace. You can have it today knowing that you got a Savior named Jesus. That's what gets me out of bed in the morning. That's when something breaks in my house or something like that. I go, whoo, that ain't good. Can I tell you another story? We love doing family night. Usually once a week at our house, Denise will fix something. I said, baby, don't worry about it. Well, I'll just get something. You don't worry. You're pretty little head. We're going to get some stuff from right down the road. When the mama me is, I'm going to give them a little plug. When the mama me is, and they fixed us these big dinners. Oh, it was great. Had, uh, what was that, tortellini thing. That was good. I'll get to it. And some lasagna. Them things were hot. Put them in my car, in Denise's car, and I'm driving, and Jesse's coming out of the house, and I pull up and I hit the brakes, and guess what? Well, boom, tortellini on the floorboard, baby. This ain't good. So I go to grab it and minimize the damage, but it was hot. So what did I do? Woo! <laughs> Tell your mom we're down at lasagna. That's all we got. I said, I can't believe it. Now, my child thinks this is funny. <laughs> I don't. I was like, it ain't funny. He said, Dad, it's funny. I said, it's not funny. He said, Dad, oh, it's funny. I said, I'm not seeing the funny part right now. I said, why don't you just take that lasagna in your funny self and take it on in? I got back in there, and I called the guy. I said, hey, man, um... I just spilled food all over my car and stuff like that. Can I get another one of those? And I, I'll be able to get it and pay you. What'd you do? <laughs> I flipped it over in the floorboard of my wife's car, but it's all good. I got to go vacuum it out. So I get up there, man. I get that vacuum cleaner, and that stuff's going. <laughs> and everybody at the car wash place is going, I think I'm going to go to Mama Mia's. And it smells like lasagna and chicken noodles and all this. Stuff. So I get all that stuff. I'm cleaning it all up. And I'm like, I can't believe this. So I go back up. And the, guy, the guy's got a big old plate. Full of goodies. Here you go. I said, what I owe you, man? He said, I got you. I was ready to cry. I said, man, I appreciate it, man. <laughs> man, I appreciate it. I said, it won't your fault. It's my fault. But I appreciate it. That little bit of kindness, you know. I appreciate that. But man. Where's Jesse at? He ain't even in here now, is he? It wasn't funny. <laughs> Boy, but I tell you what, isn't it something? When somebody steps out and helps you, when somebody forgives you, when you're set free from those things, right? I'll give you a small example. I was going to pay the price because of my mistake, but somebody willingly paid the price and bless me. Now, as simple as that is, you say, how in the world do you talk about Jesus from Tortellini? <laughs> there you go. There's a story in everything, man. If you look hard enough and you just look around, you'll see that. I'm grateful for that. They didn't have to do that. But I'm grateful for that. And it's the small thing sometimes. But you know what? Here's the thing. We need to realize this, that God has great potential in each of us. 
How are we letting it out? Jesus holds the key to our life, man, the salvation, the forgiveness, and the grace, and more. But here's the thing. What is keeping you from drawing close to God? What is keeping you, think about it in the last week, what is keeping you from drawing closer to God? I'm not saying you're not close to God. How many people believe they can get a little closer to God? That they can draw a little bit closer to God, that they can listen a little bit better to God, that they can hear from God a little bit better, that their life can be used a little bit more from God. Is there, am I speaking to everybody because I'm preaching to me, right? Because God will use us. But I'm going to tell you what, it doesn't have to be a chore. We can walk in the power of peace. Everybody doing good? I want to talk about this. This is where I wanted to get to. Look at this, Romans 5.10. For while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more now than we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Man, let's look back through some of the underlying things here. Now we are reconciled. That means we're made right. Anybody do a checkbook anymore? Most of us online, you still got to do it. Reconcile, that you made that account correct. Our account with God is right. Remember I said there's only one way there. It's the righteousness to get right with God. We get right with God through Jesus alone. Let's keep on rolling. So we come on down there. He says, man, you think that's something, but there's more, right? We can rejoice in God because of what Jesus Christ has done for us through whom we have received reconciliation. We have been received. We, we are Gift gainers, is that a word? How about that? We are the ones that receive the blessing, right? Because of what Christ has did, what Christ did for us. And as we look at that, we have peace with God. So again, we were shackled to sin, we were lost, we were hostile to the things of God. And I'll tell you, you ever, you ever want to see that? Talk to somebody about God who don't want to hear about God, you'll see how hostile they are. They'll blame everything on God, give God no credit for anything, Right? And want you to defend it. God can defend itself. Use his word. I'll go back to what I said earlier. People love to use and bend the, the Bible, right? But you can't bend the truth. If you bend the truth, it's not the truth. You stick to the truth. It remains the truth. The truth is preached to change us. We're not here to change the truth. Somebody say amen. We need to align with the word of God. Every time I open that up, every time I turn around to preach, it's to challenge us to be more like Jesus, starting with me, to challenge us to walk in the power of that peace. You ever know somebody that can walk through something and it's just like, man, I would be pulling my hair out. And the answer comes out that it's about Jesus. How am I going to do this? What should I do? Where am I going to be? What's going on with this? And turn around and say, well, look, man, I'm going to trust the Lord with that. I'm not saying it's easy. But I'm saying it's the best way, isn't it? And sometimes we're in a situation that seems so dark and so overwhelming and so much. And you say, buddy, you don't know what I'm going through. I don't. And I never minimize what anybody's going through. But I'm going to tell you what. And God's there for you. And God's going to bring people around you in your life to encourage you. And I pray that they, we are those folks to encourage folks. And we'll miss the mark. But you know what? We're going to get back up. And we're going to keep on reminding folks about the goodness of God. Because when we go down, somebody's going to remind us about the goodness of God. And we're going to share those stories about when a lady didn't have nowhere to go, now she's got a home. We're going to share those stories when we didn't know about this and this came through. And even in the stories that don't come out the way that we want, we can rest in knowing God is still in control. We can rest in knowing this. When we put our faith and trust in the finished work of God, that's our destination. 
I have done way, way too many funerals over the last so, so many years, over the last so many months. I'm going to be doing one this, this week. Things can change in an instant. But I'm going to tell you what. You can know your destination now. Because I'm going to tell you, I tell, I tell our crew this all the time. I said, you know what? If I'm ever preaching and I fall over, do me one favor. Step over me and remind them how fast it could be. Do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Because I'm going to tell you what. When I do go out, I pray that I'm still pointing to Jesus. It's the best thing in my life. It is my life. I love my family, but think about who gave me my family? God. Who gave me the opportunity to share this message? God. Who calls us to share the message, the greatest message? Do you know this? That angels are not even allowed to preach the word. Me and you get it. Me and you have the privilege to do it. That's powerful, man. That's awesome stuff. But you know what we do? We will sit right here, boy, so many times. We'll sit right here. We put that over. Well, let's just put that back here. I don't want to offend anybody. No, you know what? Guess what? That needs to be right here. And right here. And even bigger than that, right here. It needs to be right here so that it can go out there and in here. That's what I'm talking about. Don't sit on the sidelines of life. Don't sit on the sidelines of life. I don't know what it is in my brain that keeps going off like this. My family going crazy. Would you stop it? I said, I don't know how long I got. My kids said, Billy, you've been dying for 30 years, Dad. But I'm aware of the sand going through the glass. I don't know. I don't know. I said, I'm 64. Let's see. Turn around. In 10 years, I'll be, I mean, I'm 54. In 10 years, I'll be 64. I, even, I said, that's 520 more times I get to talk about Jesus on Sunday. And I probably won't preach all of them. So maybe if I get 500, what would I say in the next 500 messages? You just thought I didn't think deep, right? <laughs> I'm thinking all this. But then I thought, what happens if I only get 250? What happens if I get 125? What happens if today's my last day? Guess what? I'm good. I know where I'm going. But I guess what? I'm going to make sure everybody else knows too. I want to make sure every time that God gives me a platform to talk about his son, I'm going to talk about his son. I don't care where you live. I don't care what you believe. I'm not going to start a fight. I'm going to start a fire about the Lord Jesus Christ and spark it up, talk it up, and get the things burning for Jesus. Amen. We need to be excited. We need to be sharing the truth of God's word because it's the game changer. It is the power of peace. Let me tell you what. There is something about peace. Now, I'm going to tell you what, y'all, many of y'all, I talk about my mom all the time. She's 90 years old. My mom's got peace. She knows the Lord. I say, Mom, what would you do over again? I'm good. I said, well, nothing you want to do? She said, you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm good. The Lord's been good to me. So I'm trying to talk to my mom yesterday. Now, y'all might think this is funny. Some might not, but I think it was funny. Because you got to know my mom. I said, well, what do you want to talk about, mom? She said, I don't know. I don't care what you want to talk about. So I'm just, I'm going to trip her up. I said, let's talk about how good looking your son is. She said, let's talk about something else. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Denise said, what did you expect her to say? I didn't expect she was going to say that. She keeps me on my toes, man. She keeps me on her toes. But mama ain't worried. It's all good. I want her to be around as long as she can. I want to be around as long as I can. But the truth is we never know. How many more Sundays you got?
How many more days you got? How many more I loves you I got? I, I'm, I, you know, I tell people all the time. Now, years ago, I, I'd see some of the guys say, hey, man, I love you, brother. They'd be like, what? No, it's different. It's that brother love. I, I, I appreciate you. I don't just say it for words. I want people to know that I care about them. I want people to know that they make a difference. I want people to know that I'm thankful for what you've done in my life, what you've said in my life, how you've encouraged me in my life. And that doesn't mean everybody's my best buddy. But guess what? I got somebody closer than a friend, closer than a brother, Jesus. And my prayer is, if we hang out, he'll get on you too. That's my prayer, because I want you to see how God will work in your life. Let's look at this. We have peace with God. Let me give you some more scripture. Everybody want to write something down? I got one for you. John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Wow. We just read through that and just going about our business. We, he's, we have the peace from God. Right? We got peace with God because of our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That sets us in right standing with God. Now we got peace from God. Jesus is telling us, look, he says, I leave you my peace with you. Whose peace? My peace. The peace of the Savior. The peace of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. The creator of everything says, I'm going to give you my peace. And he says, look at it. I don't give you peace. It's like the, the world gives. I'll tell you what I found out about the world. The world will give you pieces. You know why? Because things change and people change, but God never changes. Your money will go up, your money will go down. Your weight will go up, your weight will go down. Your health will go up, your health will go down. All those different things. But Jesus will stay constant. That's the peace. Look at that. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Who in the world could tell you that? When you're little, if your mom and dad would tell you that, you say, oh, that's good, because mom and dad got it under control to a certain degree. I'm telling you, Heavenly Father says, look, I'll let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Man, why am I going to worry? I can't change most of the things anyway, can you? I have never seen anybody, you guys help me out, has anybody ever worried a problem to a solution? Ask that all the time, you never seen it. So why are we going to worry about it? Easier said than done, but you know what? We can work on that. These are building blocks of peace in your life. Look at that. So we got peace with God. We got peace from God. What else we got here? We have the peace of God. Look at this, Philippians 4.4. 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. He says, bring them to God. Bring them to God. Don't try to solve them on yourself. You ain't got to be anxious about it. Look at this. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Man, is that a promise or what? Do you grab hold of that promise? That's for you if you're a child of God. If you're not a child of God, I suggest that you go ahead and call on the name of Jesus so you can become a child of God, set in the family, forgive from your sin, instead of being shackled by your sin, to walk in the newness and the freedom and the power of peace. When I look at this here, I start thinking, damn, I wish I knew about this sooner. How about you? And there were people willing to tell me, but guess who wouldn't listen? Me. Because when I grew up, it was like this. Well, you make them, you solve them. You're a man, aren't you? You're a man, aren't you? You're a man, aren't you? 
guess what? I can make more than I can solve. I can make a whole lot more than I can solve. How about you guys? But I knew one thing. Jesus can solve it all. He solved it all. And what I mean by that is he took our sin and settled it on the cross. He took our shortcomings and settled it on the cross. He reconciled us to himself through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. There had to be a perfect sacrifice. Does God overlook sin? No. You know what he does with sin? He punishes sin. You know how he punished sin? Right here on this cross. Not this one, but one like it. Right? On the cross. So that you and you and you and you and me and us had an opportunity to be set free. That's the power of peace. That's the power of God. That's the power of the life-changing message of Jesus Christ. And one of the things I put in my note here, I said we need to replace our I can'ts with his cans. I just can't. I just don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what's next. God does. What happens if you change that to say, Lord, I'm trusting you. I'm going to walk in the power of peace. I'm going to bring it home now. Look at this. We triumph through faith. Look at this here. Therefore, since we have been justified, just as if we never sinned. How about that? Justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. What would happen in your life if you put that in your heart? Let me tell you something. It will bring down the shackles and the barriers and the wall that you have between all these different things in your life. Fear, doubt, worry. I don't know about you guys, but there was a season in my life that I somewhat worried about what the neighbor said. You know what I worry about now, if you want to call it worry? I'll tell you, I'll, I'll call it concern. You know what concerns me about my neighbors? Do they know Jesus? Do they know Jesus? I live on a little circle. I want everybody going to heaven, amen? And if you don't live on my street, I still want you to go to heaven. How about that? If you're the bad guy, I still want you to go to heaven. It doesn't matter. Because what matters is that we understand what God's done for us. You can live a life that's unshackled. You can live a life that's free. I didn't say free of pain. I didn't say free of loss. I didn't say free of, of money situations, all that. But I can tell you what, you can have the peace of God that passes all understanding. We don't have to live a life that's fear in fear. We can live a life that's maintained by God in the faith of his son that's unshackled to the blessings of God. Somebody say amen. Let me tell you something right here today. I don't know what the deal is or what's holding you back, what, what, you're, what you're stuck in, but God can, can, can release you from that. I don't know what, what is, is going on uh, in your family, but God can work in that. And you know what? After all, sometimes our thoughts get overrun by insecurities, but you know what? Insecurities are the lie of the enemy. We need to trust and believe the word of God. And let me tell you what. It's not what holds you back. It's what you believe that holds you back. Do you believe the word of God. Will you trust the son of God? Will you receive 
the promise of God. I pray that you will. Let us pray. Lord, I thank you so much for the opportunity today to go back through your word and and share the message of reconciliation to help us understand that where we were, we're shackled to our sins. Where we are through a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus is in the presence of being free from that. And where we're going is into the power of the peace as we walk this out every day. Let me tell you, friends, if you're here today and you've never put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, today's your day. Today's your day. You don't have to live shackled to the past. You don't have to live shackled to your sin. Jesus made a way for us to come through on the other side. Jesus made a way, the only way. And let me tell you, if you're listening to this right now, whether it's today, tomorrow, next week, six months, this message doesn't change because God never changes. So I want you to hear that. That all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That means we all missed the mark. That God says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And if we receive the sacrifice by faith, we are justified by faith. We are set in the family by faith. It wasn't the religious leaders coming to, to the Lord because they knew it all. It wasn't the folks that, that said, I can do enough. It wasn't the folks that I could be good enough, that I could give enough. It still applies. It's because God was more than enough. And he came as a man and lived a sinless life. In order to pay our sin debt in full, God is just. And there is a payment for sin. And that was death. So what happened was this. Jesus came. And lived a life that was perfect. And the sins of man, all ours, past, present, and future, were set on him. And God dealt with those sins on the cross. And Jesus poured out his blood, his life for us. And he was buried in a tomb. And he rose on the third day. Conquering sin once and for all for each one of us. But do you believe it? Will you receive it? You say, what do I got to do to receive it? The Bible says if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. Lord, I trust you. I believe your word is true. Come into my life and forgive me. The Bible says that we, we, we look to him. He's the author and perfecter of our faith. He's not a man that he can lie. He says, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So friends, I'm telling you, I'm going to ask you to look up here. If that's you today, don't leave the same way. Ask the Lord to come into your life. If you want somebody to pray with you, I'll pray with you. But the prayer is just as simple as this. Lord, I believe you're the son of God that takes away the sin of man. Lord, I've sinned. I need you. I'm turning from my sin and turning to you. Lord, come into my life and help me live a life that is pleasing to you. Today, I ask you to be my savior. And the Bible says, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. The Lord is a transforming, loving, forgiving God, but he is a just God. And there will come a day that we stand before that awesome and holy God. That's called Judgment Day. You can make a decision today to follow God and realize that on that day, as we follow him, as we're obedient to him, How many people would love to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. 
all things are possible through Christ. Amen. Friends, if you listen today, you got any questions about the message, send us a note, drop us a line. We're praying for you. We'd love to see you in person. We'll see you soon. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Amen.